Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Brothers and Sisters. We are here once again for episode 38, season 2, episode 16 of One Tree Hill and World Wrestling Federtainment. And that is somewhere the rock or a clock is ticking Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast once again coming to your ear holes invading them oh boy oh yes and you can check us out on tiktok and instagram at treehillwf.podcast and all the streaming services including spotify apple podcast google podcast and iHeartRadio. and i'm so surprised you didn't interrupt me with what? what fuck you what I think that's the first time you've done a Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Oh, no, you made me do it early oh, on. What? I love it. Keep doing it. What? No. <laughs> uh, we we are the only podcast in the history of the world to amalgamate One Tree Hill and World Wrestling Federation, specifically the Attitude Era. Uh, Thirty-eight times we've done this around the sun now. Uh, we're coming up close to a year. Like, we'll, we'll be hitting episode 52 before you know it. We'll be hitting the one-year mark. What should we do for our one-year anniversary for doing this podcast? How well, should we we'll celebrate? A, we'll have a newborn by then. <laughs> yes. But how should we... Oh, so we're celebrating by having a child. Yes. This monumental occasion of one year on the podcast that... And eventually we'll have uh, a podcast that is older than our child. I know. That'll, <laughs> That'll be, be weird. Very, very weird. We'll have one child that's older than the podcast. I'll drink wine because I'll be able to by then. You'll be able to. Amazing Fuck yeah, enough. yeah. Because what was our oh. first episode drop? February twentieth, right? Yeah, yeah. So by that point, you'll be able to drink wine again. Thank the fucking lord. Yeah, you're pretty insufferable without alcohol. Uh, <laughs> June twenty third. Wow. I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Cosker, and Sean is so mean to me. <laughs> it no, doesn't, you know what? You know, I love you. Blame the customers at work. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I know all about that, brother. <laughs> but like, I'm on holidays right now, so I'm in a good mood, and I'm stress-free this week, and it's a good fucking time, and I've been thinking about this you. episode. Yeah, because I had quit my job 17 times, and I actually accumulated four weeks of fucking holidays. I didn't quit 17 times. <laughs> yeah, here. And I get less holidays right now because I was on maternity leave. And when I go back... You'll get three next year, right? I might get a little bit less because of maternity leave. Well, I guess like the following year you'll get three. Yeah, like in a a normal year, basically, you'll get three. Yes. Actually, I get four. They gave us an extra week. We had three weeks. That's how many I have. And then I'll have four weeks. I get my fifth. But you'll next be year. at fifth, so fuck you. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked for that. 
It'll be a good time. But what also was a good time was the June 23rd, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw from Detroit, Michigan. And no, not Omaha, the Cobo Hall. <laughs> it sounded like he said Omaha. <laughs> Cobo Hall, not Omaha. Cobo Hall in Detroit, Michigan. And right away. We are on the heels of last week's episode with uh, the happening that uh, I don't want to talk about. Aaron did not. I don't want to talk about it. Appreciate. I don't want to talk about it. Well, we'll hear about it. Banger and a half. Right away, we start with fucking Ahmed Nation. Or the Nation of Ahmed. The Nation of Thonginator. <laughs> the Nation of... The Thonginator's Nation. He wasn't the, even like... He was in full-blown nah, fucking pants. Yeah, pants, dude. Black pants. And like and I, a sh- like actual shirt. And like I alluded to I'm last pissed. week is he now... He wasn't glistening. No, he was not glistening. Ugh. He was first out. And like I alluded to last week, he's in new threads now. He doesn't wear the red thongs anymore. He doesn't wear any of that shit. But he's I like not glistening. Listening. He is full on nation style. Ahmed, the thonginator of domination here with the rest, comma, Farouk and Dilo Brown. Ahmed actually goes on a promo, which you could understand maybe two thirds of it if you're lucky. Uh, but he starts going on about how the fans turn their back on him. Okay. Re- refresh my memory. When did the fans ever turn their back on Ahmed? Never. Never. Okay. <laughs> they never supported him in winning a title. What the is thing, he even fucking talking about? The thing is, is it was probably fucking Farouk being an asshole as he always is, getting in his ear and being like, they don't actually support you. They cheer for you because of blah, 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 blah. But they don't actually support you. It was probably this asshole saying shit like that because he's a fucking dick. I guess if you can't beat him, you got to join him. And that's exactly what Ahmed did here. He joined the fucking nation of domination. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Oh, we won't have to be talking about it uh, for very long, apparently, because after these uh, Farouk and Ahmed promos, which Dilo seemed to have to translate for both of them, which at least he can speak plain English, Crush is out on a motorcycle 
and he's out with three other is he unnamed... part of the sons of anarchy now like come on <laughs> well this new group is the deal it's not the soa it's the doa not the sons of anarchy but the disciples of apocalypse the doa so crush and now this brotherhood with three other unnamed assailants are now here driving motorcycles up to the ring and he gets in and he's like this is a brotherhood and you notice how they like to say punk a lot yeah <laughs> listen here punk <laughs> you can't fire me i quit he pulled that classic line yeah like what a week later yeah you can't fire me i quit yeah a week later after he gets fired he quits apparently uh, you can't do that to me punk but guess what punk this is a real brotherhood and he says they live together and they work together <laughs> and they make the penises touch together <laughs> and they damn sure fight together and they started Donnie Brook here with fucking new nation but it does not go very well for Ahmed literally Ahmed was in line to have a world title match against the Undertaker at Canadian Stampede in two weeks that's the match that's the fucking world title match and in this scuffle he fucking tears a bunch of shit in his leg and his knee and he's going to be out for a couple of months. So all this heat, all he's so fucking over as a face and now he's a heel and the fans are not happy about it because they want to cheer the fucking guy, right? He's so over. But now that he's turned his back on Vince, he's turned his back on the Undertaker's, turned his back on the people. I guess this is almost a bit of karma for it as legit he suffers a knee injury and he will not be back until August at the earliest Bro. the landscape will be very different probably by that point amazingly enough they keep trying to push him and he keeps finding ways to fuck it up i mean that's something me and him have in common we're accident prone very accident prone but that's the thing that would be like you got your permission uh promotion to store manager and then you tore your acl <laughs> Like a week or, later. Or, you know, in this situation here, um, I come back from maternity leave. And when I went on maternity leave, I had a kiosk in the middle of the fucking mall. And then I go back and it's like, you have a whole damn store with like enough room for fucking beds in it. And like in the back room and your own office and a bathroom. Oh, by the way, you're also pregnant and going on maternity leave in like five months. Uh, again, yes. <sighs> so, you know, that <laughs> I'm accident prone in that way, too. I don't think <laughs> that's really an accident. Not really. I mean, it has but nothing like, to do with it. You know. <laughs> Oops. Honestly has zero uh, comparisons with Ahmed, honestly. <laughs> oops. I'm just saying. It's an oops. But a happy oops. It's a happy oops. The happy little at- accident, as Bob Ross likes to say. I love Bob Ross. Yeah, we haven't who watched. Doesn't? You know what? We have Have we had Flynn watch Bob Ross yet? Ah, uh, yeah. There is one time I showed it to him. Yeah. He better have loved it. Yeah, he wasn't really paying attention, <laughs> as per usual. But yeah, the Sons of Anarchy are in here, and they're gonna fuck with the new nation. But now. Ahmed is no longer, I don't know, he's injured. He's no longer part of the nation. I don't know what's going on. But either way, he's going to be gone for a couple months. And uh, yeah, we're not going to see much of Ahmed going forward for a little bit. So I I guess the nation needs another new member, apparently, because they're down another body. 
also down a body as rockabilly his own body that is because he's fucking terrible oh my god <laughs> and he yeah, probably shouldn't even be on tv at this point i still don't understand why he is but luckily we do have something to look forward to later on in 1997 with rockabilly but he's in here with ken shamrock there's something to look forward to. there is something to look forward to when it comes to billy gunn daddy ass fucking scissor bitch by the end of 97 he will be relevant and he will have a relevant character pretty much going forward for a while took him a little bit to get there but finally he will be worth his weight in Hmm. gold in gold but ken shamrock is here and you know when you're facing ken shamrock on a short monday night raw throwaway match you're gonna get your fucking ass kicked you're gonna take a belly to belly and you're gonna get put in the ankle lock and you have to tap and say uncle he literally tapped within two seconds oh yeah i did not take him long at all honestly though if ken shamrock put you in the ankle lock how long would it take for you to tap? i don't know you don't know so you just it, it would either be tap or snap you either tap or he snaps your ankle in two. your choice mm-hmm. yeah it's ken shamrock legit fighter uh another legit fighter though is mr tom Selleck himself dan the beast severn and he's on commentary he has had a couple of ufc fights against ken shamrock formally uh apparently they need a rubber match now but because the ufc is in such dire straits in 1997 no one gave two shits about the ufc back then and honestly i don't understand why people give a shit about ufc these days either but it is more popular these days. Yeah, but back you then, liked it for a while. Yeah, I did. Because they had a I lot of great fighters back then. Make fun of you for it. Go right ahead. It was super popular when I watched it. There were a lot of great fighters with a lot of great fights going on at the time. I even went to Vancouver to go see it. Legit. I remember when you first told me that you were a wrestling fan. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then you told me that you used to be a UFC fan. I was like, oh my god thank god you're not a ufc fan anymore because this would not be happening (laughs) sorry bro (laughs) i was just a sports fan in general so i enjoyed it for a while some friends of mine were really into it and so i got into it as well and i enjoyed it for a while i saw a lot of the pay-per-views a lot of great fighters like george st pierre and chuck liddell and randy couture and a few others did you guys be like anderson silva hey let's go corky's and watch the fight bro all the fuck let's watch the fights bro yeah dude absolutely we had a great time with losers Corky oh. sucks in general, but That's you know. True. Yeah. Oh, what? You didn't go to Corky's to go watch the fights? I went with you for it was boxing. It was a boxing that one match. Time. It was Conor McGregor against uh, Floyd Mayweather. You were like, oh, yeah, let's go to this. And you had friends there or something yeah. that I was yeah. meeting for the first time or yeah, whatever. Like that, yeah. And it was like, this is the That's most boxing, boring though. shit That's ever. That's different. But even like I hate boxing. Like I think it's just also like you don't like at combat. You don't like combat sports. At least with wrestling, like it's easy to make fun of them because they talk, right? Yeah, they talk. They actually have like these but characters. Like, yeah, but there's stuff. actual storyline to it. Like boxing and mixed martial arts, they try to push a little bit of storyline. You know, if two guys really hate each other, they make it a grudge match. But overall, it's just two guys fighting. Yeah, there's no story there. That's not interesting. So who gives to a me. fuck, right? 
So uh, after a while, I realized it's just like, there's nothing to really catch myself to this. It's just a fight. And then eventually there were so many fighters and divisions and cards and it just got fucking oversaturated and bored the hell out of me. And I don't need to watch that shit anymore. But back in 1997, no one watched fucking UFC at all. And like today, so they were literally on their last leg. So guys like Ken Shamrock and Dan the B7 were leaving the company to come to WWE where the fucking money was. So... You see that they had their UFC feud, and now they're going to be in WWE, possibly facing each other down the road. Hmm. Interesting shit. Uh, Godwin seemed to have a new persona a little bit here. They're still hillbilly fucks, but it seems like they're going to be a little more aggressive. They're still lame. They're still lame as fuck. Oh, I totally agree. But uh, a little bit more aggression, maybe, for these guys. Uh you know, seems like they're going to need a little bit of a switch up because they've been kind of the same character for the longest time. But now they're facing the Legion of Doom and they swap them right, o- right away. That's disgusting. Yeah. Look like there was shrimp and lettuce and a few other things in that slop. I don't even want to think about that. Ew. <laughs> but you know what you get with the fucking Legion of Doom Godwins match? Honestly, why did they even try? We're so aggressive now. Yeah. yeah. We're going to fucking beat up these spiky dino bros. Yeah, yeah no. And Sorry, dude. You're going to die. And they fucking lost, of course. Uh, so new persona, new attitude, new aggression, still the same result. Not even a fucking doomsday device wins it. It's Hawk with a shitty top row clothesline <laughs> that wins it. And then when fucking uh, Henry L. Godwin takes that, he falls right on top of Animal and he still gets the pin anyways but then they go after they show that new aggressive side and they go after the LOD post match they take their slot buckets and start nailing LOD with said slot buckets but which they kept saying were steel buckets no bro <laughs> those dented <laughs> probably uh, aluminum aluminum yeah probably uh, but any kind of metal in wrestling, you'll soon find out. If it's metal, it's automatically steel. Steel chair, steel bucket, threw him through a steel door into the steel cage, into the steel uh, barrier. It's all steel because steel's heavy and it hurts. But yet they use aluminum and a lot softer metals. <laughs> just, yeah, you can tell. Oh, you could tell for sure. But yeah, it's steel. Like the way they pick up the like steel, the steel steps, stairs. Yeah, the, that is way. That's like, like it feels like it's like uh, tin. You know, like it easily yeah. could be just tin. And just the way it sounds when it collides with something. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't steel doesn't make sound that sound. Yeah. Right, yeah. and it's just yeah, these guys are strong and whatever, and they lift like big huge guys already oh, yeah, but course. like those get picked up a little too easily yeah it depends it depends sometimes but uh the only legit steel i think at the steel chairs because those are those are pretty well, legit those, those have to be strong because people sit on them yeah and they also gonna cave people's skulls in as well too and they have to hold weight and yeah. you know the steel steps it's not steel yeah. In quotations. Um, it's not like people are standing on them for a long period of time. Yeah. As opposed to steel chairs where people are sitting on them. But yes, those steel chairs are actually fucking legit. And you would not want to take one of those to the head. Heart Foundation. <laughs> they're here. Once again. It's the Heart Foundation. And they're just beating everybody up. They're beating the fucking Legion of Doom up. And good old head of the table himself. The 
best there is. The best the worst. there was. The worst. And the best there ever will be. No. And you know it. No. Brett the Hitman Hart is back. He is at the top of the ramp and he is watching his cronies do his dirty work in his sick Canada shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Brett the Hitman Hart. The excellence of execution. Him and his cronies taking out those gutless, cowardly, rotten hyenas known as the spiky dino bros paul bear is in the back and apparently this tag team tournament match that's going on later it's two members of the nation against undertaker and vader undertaker is teaming up with one of his arch nemesis again uh this time being vader but Undertaker's trying to been spitting out things on the mic for weeks now and paul bear just cuts him off every single time saying it's all about him he doesn't get to talk. It's all about me, me, me. Oh, this guy just needs to go and like die already. Please. <laughs> Eventually. But not soon enough. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly. still ways away from this, but it's storyline based. But Undertaker goes and chokes him, and then Vader comes in and he gets choked by Undertaker too. He's gonna both by the mm-hmm. throat. But as Undertaker has both of them by the throat. Paul Bear says something. What does he say? He says, remember the fire. Remember the fire. The fire. Remember the fire. And remember that line, too. That is very important. Okay. Remember the fire. Remember what? Uh, the wind? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the wind. all right so as we've said before and i know you need to do it when you're high or if you're uh drunk but um they keep pumping this cut stone cold said so vhs video and they actually show a clip of it and it's stone cold steve austin literally narrating the entire video uh it's basically his run from uh, around king of the ring 96 till this point in time so it's like a year's worth of his shit and we will watch it together. I'll find it. We'll watch it. I have to be higher drunk. And you got to be higher drunk for it. That's, we got to wait till yeah. baby's born. But it's going to be a good time. And then by that time, Austin 316 Uncensored will be out and we can watch that one too. It'll be out. Yeah. That's the next VHS. Oh, by the time stone. we get to that. By the time we get to that time point, period. Possibly. Um, that second VHS will be out. Uh, Interesting. Close to that timeline, I'd say. But either way. Interesting. Yeah. We got we to gotta get a few episodes recorded in advance. This whole baby coming is going to come up quick. We need some bonus episodes here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. That being the first one. Actually, I got another bonus episode cooking up. And it's going to happen later in 1997. It's kind of a must that we're going to have to watch this. It's on YouTube, too. What is it? You'll have to wait and see, brother. It's going to be our first bonus episode. Flash Funk, the ultimate jobber entrance. Oh, my God, this guy. (laughs) I don't think he gets full entrances anymore. I don't even think 
he gets entrances period that are shown on television it's just always jobber entrances and for some reason i mean reason, you could hear his music playing. Oh, you could hear his music playing but they're not showing him at all until <laughs> he's already in the ring done everything and then they even give him a fucking promo backstage pre-match where he says literally nothing but he's facing the homicidal genocidal no, i hate this suicidal I hate this motherfucker. Sabu. Because he has a whistle bitch. <laughs> whistle bitch. <laughs> it's, now, how much annoyance is this? You got an ECW guy against Flash Funk. With, I plugged my ears the entire with time. Paul Heyman. My name. And I made you fast forward most of it. Is on commentary. And Bill Alfonso is on the whistle every two seconds. <laughs> not even two seconds it's like 0.5 seconds yeah it's pretty brutal it's pretty brutal on the ears yes but a few good spots it gets uh, uh but they bring the table out near the end and i think they try three times to make sure this table breaks which technically it didn't even break at the end it was just one leg that collapsed he tries the moonsault on flash funk sabu does uh to the outside on the table does not break does a dive on him does not break now he does the leg drop off the top rope through it. Only the leg breaks. It doesn't actually technically collapse. Japanese tables for the win. But we will enjoy this next match because it is Pick Me Steve! Mankind is here. Oh my god, that was so funny. And it's with Tassel Boots. Yeah, and so I guess Tassel, Tassel Boots, Boots gets his own music again. Yes, yeah, he's got a few weeks of this now. He's got his own music back. But Brett's been gone for a few weeks, and now he's back. Uh, we'll see. We shall see. But I feel, is Bulldog uh, back ahead of Ahmed now for one of your favorites? He's definitely climbed ahead in the pecking order. For your I'm favorite wrestlers? I'm still pissed. Yes. I'm still hurt. Yeah, I understand. So, top five from number one to number five. Oh, I don't even have Stone a top Cold five. Steve Austin. Stone Cold I know is, is obviously your there. One. But where would you rank Bulldog, Ahmed, Undertaker, um, Owen Hart? I don't know. It's a tough call, right? I'm just, I'm so conflicted with things. Now mankind's entered the fray. Bret Hart f- with a passion. <laughs> Is who's worse though, him or Farouk? I can't even decide that. I mean, I've hated Farouk the longest. Yeah. True. He's pissed me off from the start. Literally episode two. At first, Bret was just like. He was meh. Just indifferent. He wasn't like, he didn't piss me off, but he didn't excite me in any way. Like, he was just kind of there. Sure. Um, I didn't really get all the hype. Because you never watched prior that you you didn't get but you won't let me watch prior so you don't want i'm saving you so how i'm saving you listen i'm saving you heartache i'm saving you boredom (laughs) i'm saving you a lot of time so why do people love him so much if it was like because here's the thing it's not that he was boring Mm -hmm. is the entire company was boring and he was the only good part of it from 1993 till 1996. Damn, this guy's old. The company fucking sucked. <laughs> and the only highlights and good things about the company were Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. 
Those are the only four reasons to watch wrestling from 1993 till 1996 in the WWF. Literally the only reasons to watch. That's it. 1995 specifically, it's only worth it to watch it for those four guys. That's it. So this is why I'm saving you (laughs) this terribleness of... Sitting through a Monday Night Raw that's an hour long where you watch four matches where three of them are about guys that you absolutely do not fucking care. So you got to watch a show for fucking 45 minutes to get five minutes of one of those four guys. Is that does that sound worth it to you? Here's the thing for all of the listeners that are like, oh, my God, Aaron hates Bret Hart. You don't have an education on Bret Hart. That's the thing. But I don't want to give you that because basically... Open your ears to what Sean is saying. That's the thing. Is that if you're going to shave Aaron for not liking Bret Hart, you got to understand why she doesn't like Bret Hart. Because all she's seen as Bret Hart is his despicable heel run of 1997. Now, if she's seen Bret Hart from literally 1988 through 1996, she would definitely like Bret Hart because he's a Canadian hero and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But like I said, do you really want me to subject you to years and years and years worth of terrible television just to see the good parts of Bret Hart? Is it, Does that sound worth it to you? No, plus I'm a Stone Cold <laughs> girly, so... Exactly. The Stone Cold doesn't even come until 1996 anyway, right? Stone Cold didn't even come in until early 1996, and he wasn't even good when he first started coming in. He wasn't even Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the ringmaster. The ringmaster. He came in with million dollar man Ted DiBiase. He wasn't even stone cold yet. Mm. He knew it was a shitty gimmick, but it got his foot in the door in the company. And then he started the stone cold gimmick and then it took off for him. But yes, understand why you don't like Bret Hart, but believe the hype because he was the face of the company for years. Sorry, brother. Bulldog, mankind. (laughs) Mankind wants to dedicate this match to his best friend in the whole wide world. Which he's wearing the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, the Austin 316 shirt. Not just that. He has the pick me Steve <laughs> sign hanging from his neck, which he wears the entire match. Well, he tries to wear the entire match, tries, but the Bulldog yeah. rips it off and, and rips up the sign, and Mankind sells it too. He's like distraught <laughs> <laughs> that, he, that he ripped up his pick me steve side but the best part about this match is the match itself is that they call stokel steve austin on the phone collect oh my god that was so funny <laughs> vince calls a collect i barely paid attention to what was going on in the oh, match yeah, me too. because i was paying attention Listening. to this Call. to what stone cold steve austin <laughs> said on this call and austin right away he's just like oh yeah it's, oh yeah i hear you vince uh but i gotta tell you right now don't ever call me collect again because i will not accept the charges you piece of trash <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says how oh yeah i'm not there this week because my brother kevin got stepped on by a bull but i don't really care how he feels because he owes me 30 dollars <laughs> oh my god that was so funny <laughs> He just kind of goes off. It's it's just hilarious. And he says he's got some injuries. He's got a bum ankle. He's got a bum knee. He's on antihistamines. He's on antidepressants. <laughs> he, and if it has anti in it, I'm probably taking it, son. Oh, my God. That was so <laughs> Only Stokel Steve Austin could get a phone call over. <laughs> Only this guy could that do it. So he's good. not even there. And they call him. Collect. 
probably 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> he still has the best promo on the show. And he's not even there. That was so funny. <laughs> and he says to end the call. Uh, actually, he says about mankind, he says he would be a good partner to have. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want a partner, but he said he would be a good partner to have. Is Not only is he a mankind, but he is a kind man as well. But he That's is a cute. freak. Oh, too. <laughs> so don't ever call me collect again or I'll whip your ass. <laughs> yeah, right. Best part of the show. And it's fucking stone cold on the phone. <laughs> Completely takes away from the match. It really did. It really did. It I mean, really, I, really we did. We weren't really paying attention to the match because stone cold was on the phone. It was so collect. funny. <laughs> it was great. Obviously, the best part of every show is Steve Austin. But I love how Mankind is trying to stooge off to Austin here and trying to be his tag team partner. And it ends up in a DQ because Bulldog grabs said steel chair and absolutely hauls off and fucking decks Mankind. Uh, Chair shots to the head are hard to watch for wrestling fans these days because they have banned chair shots to the head mm-hmm. uh seemingly going back to i want to say late 2000 like 2008 2009 they banned chair shots to the head like they are not allowed to happen anymore but you go back to the attitude era where they just went full force oh yeah fucking hit him in the head fuck 50 times with the chair because we don't know about cte we don't know about concussions we haven't done any research doctors don't know about this shit so a guy like mankind who probably took a hundred fucking chair shots to the head unprotected right to the skull no wonder he's got scrambled eggs in his fucking head <laughs> scrambled eggs yeah man and oh. and eventually he took so many fucking chair shots to the head and he wrote about this in his second book is that his wife colette actually put him on chair shot probation so he was not allowed to take chair shots to the head anymore and his wife made that happen because she didn't want him to get ct and amazingly enough i've met mick foley two times in my life and he's a very intelligent dude but it doesn't seem like he's any worse for the wear when it comes to cte or concussions as many as uh headshots that he's taking with chairs and tables and fucking well ladders. i mean he's jumped off a fucking house so he's jumped off a fucking house oh believe me that's not the only thing he's gonna jump off of uh yeah Ooh. <laughs> we'll get there brother <laughs> but uh dude took an insane bumps through his entire career yeah yeah he's hurting but brain power he's all there man he's not fucking muhammad ali he's mm-hmm. doing well so it's good to see that after all this head trauma that he suffered his entire career he's still pretty lucid thankfully enough uh little piece of history here on the next match the very first triple threat match on television mm-hmm. we have Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Owen Hart against Gold Dust for the Intercontinental. You gotta use their title. correct names: Dis That's Prince, your Cutie names. Patootie, and Chicken Nuggy. What if somebody is just tuning into the podcast for the <laughs> very first time, and I say Dis Prince is fighting Cutie Patootie is fighting Golden Chicken McNugget? This person who's tuning into our I podcast, I mean, Golden Chicken McNugget's a little obvious. That kind of makes Dis sense. Prince when he comes out with his like robe but on, Cutie Patootie, that's pretty obvious. But Cutie Patootie. But think about it. You're someone who's listening and probably out in fucking the Netherlands or Belgium or Germany or Brazil or Iceland. Or or just a person in Canada or the U.S. who has never watched wrestling in their lives. Or never listened to the podcast before and you're tuning in for the first time and I'm talking about Cutie Patootie at Disprint. So you'd be like, who the fuck are you talking about? So I use the real names. 
you get to use your names and we will amalgamate the two. But I do have to make sure that I take care of any new listeners to actually make them understand who's in this fucking match. We should just have like a legend thing on <laughs> on our socials. Refer to our socials for who Well, we do have videos. We have TikToks exactly explaining <laughs> who white piece of dog shit is or no longer white piece of dog shit. And the uh, the dominating thonginator or the thong dominator or the dom thonginator whatever you want to call him but yes trips owen goldust icy title and the dichotomy of this triple threat match is so foreign and different from what you get from triple threat matches these days what i'm talking about here is this is the first triple threat match Today, triple threat matches are in mass. You see them all the time. It's constant triple threat. Fatal four ways, fatal five ways, fatal six ways. Six guys in a match at a time. But back then, they only had this first match as a triple threat. But these days, the basis of a triple threat match, and me and Justin fucking make fun of this all the time, is you have three guys, the bell rings, somebody gets thrown out in the first 30 seconds of the match, and two guys go at it for most of it. And then they kind of come in, and somebody gets thrown out. And we always used to make bets on how long it would take for one guy to take a powder and get thrown out of the fucking ring so two guys can kind of go at it. But this match... Oh, they go at it. Well, they go at it, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but with this match... Mainly, they all stayed in the ring at the same time and went for covers and broke up covers and actually had a real triple threat match where they all tried to fight each other at the same time, which should be a triple threat match. (laughs) These days, they don't go down that route. It's kind of a clusterfuck. It's unfortunate. So the dichotomy of this original match is basically the way it's meant to be. It's a race, basically, to get the first pin or the first submission. So I highly appreciated when Triple H hooked Goldust for the pedigree, but then Owen hits him with the spin kick right in the middle of it. It's just like, this would make sense in three guys fighting each other where one guy would try to do something, but the other guy would interfere and do something to him. Just makes so much sense. And with these three guys, three of the greatest workers of all time as well, too. But Owen gets pinned. One, two, three. Pat Patterson's the referee, by the way. Now, I know he was the first Intercontinental Champion of all time. You okay there, bud? Yeah, I just keep coughing. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, Pat just Patterson. thing. Sure. Oh, so people who aren't pregnant don't cough. <laughs> okay, got it. Just okay. <laughs> I've noticed Mm -hmm. that every, like, it feels like every night I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting sick. My nose is running. I'm all congested. I'm coughing. And it's like, nah, I'm just pregnant. And my body's just beating the shit out of me for no reason. Basically. Uh, Pat Patterson's a referee here. And Golda's legit. He pins fucking Owen. One, two, three. And actually, Patterson counts to four. One, two, three three four he hits a mat four fucking times for some reason and he's not even wearing a referee shirt no he's wearing i was a like what the fuck dude or a golf shirt it's like a blue it golf was a shirt. polo yeah a like, blue polo yeah like gray fuck? blue too not it even wasn't wearing even a nice a fucking, blue yeah not even wearing a legit referee shirt and of course he's not wearing the referee shirt he's not an actual referee he counts to fucking four but owen has his fucking foot on the rope the whole time so he even says he's just like oh referee's decision is final okay that's it Earl Hebner, and then your grandpa, <laughs> grandpa, grandpa Cosker, Gorilla Monsoon comes out and says, "Hey, okay, no, we're, people we're, are gonna actually think that Gorilla Monsoon's my it. grandpa," and it's like, <laughs> no, 
I mean, go look at the, I mean, the Instagram. Right? Go look at the Instagram. For his age, actually, the timeline makes sense for him to be your grandfather. Well, my grandfather passed away in 2013. I think he was in his 70s. Monsoon passed away in his 70s in about, uh, I think it was 99 or 2000. Okay. Yeah. So he was a bit older than my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so he comes in, reverses this decision, and basically makes the match continue on. By rights. I mean, now we know about WWF rule book. Now, there's been many times... It's written by a toddler. <laughs> it seems like. Actually, that's kind of generous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> probably an escape mental patient would probably be more oh apt. Oh, God. But... Uh, the rules, so to speak. Okay, let, let's let's uh, uh, go in the way back machine here and remember, fucking Royal Rumble '97. Brett the Hitman Hart throws Austin over the top rope. He is eliminated. Comes back in the ring, eliminates Vader, Undertaker, eliminates Brett, wins the Royal Rumble. Okay, did they come in and say, "Oh, you didn't actually win that. We have instant replay. You fucking got eliminated, so you're done." Okay, no, they didn't fucking do that. Nope. But with this, Owen's got his foot on the rope. Goldust pins him one, two, three, four, <laughs> and then fucking grill and him. And he calls on. it the yeah, and he even says, "No, referee's decision is final. Goldust is the new champ." Grill Monsoon comes out, reverses the decision, continues well, the no. match. Well, no. Technically, he says that if the ref makes this, they said that if the ref makes the decision, that's final, but the ref can change their mind. Yeah. So he didn't even overturn the decision. It was the ref, like, convincing this, Pat Patterson he to just change his mind because he saw the video. his mind. Yeah. But it's just like. There's zero consistency when it comes to this because the rules, brother. Consistency is key, motherfuckers. Well, unfortunately, in the wrestling business, uh, we do something, six months passes, and we change, we do the same thing, completely change the rules, and we hope you forget about what happened the last time when we had to make a decision about this rule. That's Vince McMahon. And then next time right we're going to switch it back. Yeah, so exactly. you better forget. That's Vince McMahon thinking. It was probably six months ago. People probably don't remember it. And we can just change it on the fly. And people like me will never forget that shit. Of course you won't. Absolutely not. China. 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 People think I don't like China. I love China. 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 Is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league. China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 China makes her presence felt here again. Mm-hmm. Just like every other match she's uh, involved in Triple H's affairs. In, oh, she's involved, all right. In the matches and behind the scenes, all right. Uh, she fucking gives a Hurricane Rana. <laughs> Who do you think's on top on that one? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think's the fucking Dom in that one, dude? Oh, boy. <laughs> Either way, China, she throws it right in Goldust's face and gives him With a Hurricane Rana. With her voice, Rana. though, you would not. Yeah, you wouldn't. If you only heard her voice, sure. But you take one look at her and you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, mommy. That doesn't match. Yeah. Yeah. That generation's Rhea Ripley, basically. Uh, China gives a Hurricane Rana to Goldust. And then it ends up where Owen's got Triple H pinned. Goldust comes off the top rope. 
and misses Owen, but hits Goldust, and then Owen pushes Goldust off of Triple H, pins Goldust, or pins Triple H, and gets the one, two, three. The Goldie splash did not work out in his favor, and Owen retains the Intercontinental title. We move from one Heart Foundation member to the next as the excellence of execution is out here to cut a promo on not only the UFC. This guy gives me a headache. Now, I think you'll like this, though. He's here to cut a promo on not only the UFC, the ultimate fairy championships. <laughs> Gotta admit, that's pretty good. Uh, not only is he cutting a promo on the ultimate fairy championships, not only is he cutting a promo on every gutless hyena American, not only is he cutting a promo on Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he is cutting a promo on Thomas Hitman Hearns, who is in the front row at Monday Night Raw. Thomas Hitman Hearns, legendary boxer, six or seven time, multiple time world champion, had an amazing slugfest with marvelous Marvin Hagler back in the 80s. He is here front row, and he apparently stole Bret Hart's nickname. You totally had forgot. Totally blank. But yeah, apparently he stole Bret Hart's nickname. and now, You pulled a me, dude. Yeah, I did. But Bret's taking him to task now. He's like, oh, I, I want to talk to Hitman over here, more like the chicken man. If you What wanna, is with this guy in the animals? I don't... Lions, chickens, hyenas. hyenas. I have no idea. But if he's feeling froggy, he wants hitman hearns to come into the ring and see what he's made of and i don't think brett wants any of that smoke and he sure shows that he doesn't want any of that smoke because hitman hearn comes right away gets into the ring and fucking beats the shit out of anvil (laughs) and uh the thing is is brett is a dumbass and asked for it he did he did do you want to fucking fight a six-time uh world champion boxer probably fucking not so he uses anvil as a shield and make sure he doesn't get hurt Total Bret Hart style, though. Fucking pussy. <laughs> Took it, take it like a man. <laughs> yeah. You're the one that invited him up there. That's, take it like a fucking man. That's very true. And then we got Savio Vega. Now, no longer rip sleeves, bitch. No longer rip sleeve nation, bitch. What is he now? He's not even in the nation anymore. And he doesn't have rip sleeves either. What is he? I don't know. He's just, I still call him Rip Sleeves, bitch. Because I'm like, well. <laughs> not Rip Sleeves, though. I don't care. That's the first <laughs> name I came up with for him. So that's... We'll need another one, dude. Yeah, but right now he's nothing. Kind of is nothing, especially without the nation. But, you know, if Crush. He was still Rip Sleeves nation, bitch. Fair enough. But now he's out of the nation. You know how Crush has now started this new faction the doa do you think savio could possibly start his own faction now that he's confronting the nation That's too many oh it's not enough dude we don't need that many dude at wcw they got the nwo they got wcw you got the wolf pack you got raven's flock you got fucking nwo hollywood you got nwo 2000 you got fucking this factions galore they don't really do that a lot in wwf so they got to add some more factions because it's gang rules, dude. So you got the nation, you got the DOA, and maybe Savio wants to start his own group as well. But he gets whipped by the nation, much like anybody who tries to take on the nation by themselves. Not exactly the best idea. Brian Christopher 
from the USWA is now in the WWE officially, and he is taking on Scott Taylor. Sparkle jacket? Sparkle jacket. He is too sexy, Brian Christopher, and he loves to tongue kiss his muscles. I put sparkle jacket and loser fuck. Sparkle jacket and loser fuck. I forget who is who. <laughs> I, yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know who was who. Who's the guy came, that came out with the sparkly jacket? I thought they both had sparkly jackets. I don't know. I don't know. The first guy that was out there is Scott Taylor. I think he had a sparkly jacket. Yeah, I he thought, was sparkle jacket. Okay, so Scott Taylor. Scotty too hottie. Scott Ugh. Taylor. And too sexy Brian it's Christopher. loser fuck. Loser fuck. And especially loser fuck. Why? Because he's Jerry uh, the King Lawler's official son. But... For some reason, King is on commentary and he doesn't he denies that Brian Christopher is his child. Why does he deny his own son? Is he ashamed of him? He seems like he likes him quite a bit. I don't understand why, but it's hilarious that Vince and Jim Ross keep alluding and making jokes about how he's his, oh, they chip off the old block there, King. And then you'll see a side by side with him. He's oh, look at the resemblance. And they just make fun mm-hmm. because for some reason, King does not want to acknowledge Brian Christopher as his son. He's definitely That's a, rude. He's definitely a braggart, and I wonder where he got that from. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and I didn't even write down, honestly, who won the match, but Brian Loser Christopher fucker. won with the Tennessee Jam, as he calls it, the leg drop off the top rope, the Tennessee Jam. And then in the main event, we have the Nation of Domination. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mic picked up that swat that Erin gave me on the wrist with her drumstick. And they're up against the fairly odd couple of Undertaker and Vader here. Not so Darth. Not so Darth and Undertaker against the nation. Ahmed is in the back. He's watching it on a TV. He is hurt. He is not going to be around. He probably was supposed to be in this match, but now he is not. And now it is the nation without ahmed literally one week after he joined the group <laughs> but the doa not the soa again the doa the disciples of apocalypse are out here again to cause fucking havoc taker gets fed up with working with vader nails vader right into the hands of the nations which they get the w and move on to the tag team tournament because this is a tag team tournament match and then after, Undertaker fucking picks up the 450-pound <laughs> Vader like he's a fucking child and puts him up and takes him down with the tombstone pile drop. Undertaker, I mean, he's a big dude. It, it feels like it would be hard to get up Vader and put him in a tombstone pile driver. But Undertaker... He's a big dude. Undertaker does it like nothing, though. <laughs> fucking absolutely destroys him funnily enough this disciples of apocalypse crushes the leader but the next long dark hair guy we know who that is that's brian lee and you remember what brian lee's from no idea he fought the undertaker as oh as fake undertaker (laughs) he was the undertaker he was ted DiBiase's undertaker and he fought the undertaker wow (laughs) undertaker versus undertaker wow summer slam 94 but 
Undertaker starts walking away from Paul Bear. And what does Paul Bear say to end the show? He's going to reveal the secret next week. I don't care anymore. I'm going to tell the whole world your Good. You can get murdered now. I guess we'll have to wait and see until next. (laughs) Eventually. Eventually. Like I said. Not soon enough. I know. I know. I think it was like 07, 08 or something like that. I know. It's like a good 10 that's years like after 10 this. That's like 10 years away. And that's the thing. They're both kind of in and out and, you know, up and down the whole time. And, you know, but they're always connected somehow. And then eventually Undertaker buries Paul Bear in a glass case of cement. And then a few years later, he comes back. <laughs> he wasn't actually dead. Uh, yeah. Wrestling. That's the saddest news I've ever heard. Wrestling, brother. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about this episode? It's all right. No, you weren't too happy about Ahmed's promo. 2.4. 2.4, okay. Uh, definitely the stone cold phone call. Yeah, that the was stone the call. best part. The stone phone call. The stone cold phone call. Uh, wow. Best part of the show by far. Definitely down with that. Uh, we're back into the average territory, but I think... Ah, some things are going to happen. We're getting closer. We got one more week. One Tree Hill had the better episodes. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. But uh, one more episode of Raw, and then we got Canadian Stampede in Calgary. And then the next night, Raw is in Edmonton. So you know who's going to be over like Grover? The fucking Heart Foundation in their hometowns. But... The I'm home. sure everyone heard our, my eyes rolling in the back of my head. Like The Undertaker. <laughs> Season 2, episode 16 of One Tree Hill. Somewhere a clock is ticking, and it's probably around the boogeyman's neck. Lucas's narration is annoying. Here's the thing, though. I know they mean something in the episode, and there's a reason why they do it. They wouldn't do it if there wasn't a reason, but it's annoying. <laughs> Do you think he'll eventually stop one day? Maybe he'll die. That'd be great. Oh, my God. HCM will take that motherfucker down. Dude. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) You're so mean. Yeah. He's a loser. It's fucking annoying shit. Yeah. I mean... I used to love Lucas like back in the day when I watched the show. And now I'm just like, I, now that I'm older and it's just a piece of I shit, just, he has done some things that I'm like, bro, if my kid ever did that, yeah, exactly, I would be so pissed off. Totally. Nathan is legit. He's a good dude. Lucas is a human piece of garbage. He's just very immature. Yeah. But this whole, oh, you're not yourself. You're really doing all these things. You're not yourself. That's that's not, he's not being not himself. It's just that's who he is as a person. He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> he's just being himself. Oh, that's man. who he is. He's Dan Scott's son. Uh, well, Peyton and Jake had another sleepover. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenny is laying in her little crib or playpen. She says her first word. She says, Dada. It would have been hilarious. She said, Mama first. Now, that's what I thought she would say because of how absent her real mother has been. 
And obviously she's absent for a reason, but I think it would have been hilarious that Jagelski, double J, (laughs) J-A, thought it would have been pretty hilarious that, you know, he is the caretaker of this child. He's the mainstay. He is the uh, guardian of this one Jenny, double J, Jagelski. But... For how much time he spends with this child, I thought it would have been hilarious if she said mama first. You know what's really funny and really cute? What? What? Flynn, when he's referring to you, yeah. he says dad yeah. very quietly. Yeah. But when he's referring to my dad. Granddad. He's like, dad, dad, dad. He yells it. He says it. it louder. Yeah. So granddad is just dad louder. Dad, dad. <laughs> and I'm dad, dad. <laughs> Actually, funniest been, thing she's been saying dad to me more lately just straight dad oh yeah dad. he doesn't say mama dad. to me because mama dad. is mario yeah um yeah. he says mom yeah. to me yeah. Yeah. Ma. <laughs> he goes ma <laughs> like ma and pa kettle <laughs> yes <laughs> oh he's so fucking cute yes he is nate steals eggs he steals groceries from his parents because, you know, he's, he's poor. He doesn't, doesn't have a he, job anymore. Yeah, he doesn't have a wife job. anymore. And so <laughs> Lucas goes up to him and sees this going on. And he's like, just don't take the caviar. Yep. I've grown fond of that. Yep. And he's just kind of joking around with him and trying and, to. Yeah, lighten the mood, yeah. cut the tension a little bit here. But. <laughs> Whole fucking boy here. Okay, we're in for another fucking uh, roller coaster in this episode. So I remember that episode where uh, we found out that Lucas got HCM. Uh, whole uh, actually, HCM now stands for heart condition motherfucker, and that's exactly what Lucas is. But uh, we get a very interesting scene here where Nate fucks off, but then well, Lucas Deb. sticks around. Deb goes to talk to Nathan because he's at the house, tries to see if, you know, he wants eggs, which he says, I think you're out because he just took the carton of eggs (laughs) from the fridge. And he goes and leaves with his duffel bag stuffed full of food. She thinks Lucas leaves as well. Yeah, she thinks that Lucas leaves with him. So she opens the cupboard and grabs a glass and grabs some this pill bottle and uh, pop some pills. Baby's kicking right now. I wonder what kind of pills those are. They yeah. look over the counter. Mm-hmm. Could be to help her sinuses, maybe. To you help know. sinuses. Maybe some muscle relaxants. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Could be anything. Could be. Could be Oxycontin. But Luke sees yes. Deb take these pills. So now he's got some investigating to do. He mm-hmm. wants to see what's what Deb's been doing. Oh, he's now found out that his fucking stepmom is a pill shill. A fucking pill popper. That just brings a whole fucking new thing to this entire amalgamation of family here. Oh, boy. So Andy has found some dirt and the dirt is that it sounds like Dan is having an affair with someone named Emily Chambers. He's paying her rent. He's paying her bills. Emily Chambers. Interesting. 
C W Fuck off. Or Edge and Christian. Fuck off. Or <laughs> So they have this thing that they're kind of figuring out. But this also happens to be the day of the wedding. Oh, it's the fucking wedding Pete's episode. It's wedding. So they're finding this out and they're like, man, this is a lot of information for the a day that we're busy with a wedding. But okay, cool. Gotta do what we gotta do. Whitey is at the liquor store getting some liquid courage for the groom or something. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And Nathan's there and he wants to buy some beer. And Whitey gives some Whitey wisdom to Nathan. Yeah, he basically tells him to get his fucking ass in gear. He says, the pity store is closed. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, he puts his bottle on the counter, pays for it. Nathan puts a case of beer on the counter. And Whitey's like... He's underage. His his ID's fake. (laughs) (laughs) Totally calls him out. out. It's so great. sells him out. I love Whitey. Yeah. But then we go back to Deb and we look at this pill bottle uh, or Deb's pill bottle. But Lucas, Lucas sees it. Lucas finds it. Yeah. Yes. And it's reference number one, two, five, nine, eight, six, four, seven, nine, eight. And you know what that means? You actually I wrote it down. I have no fucking idea what that means. But it says hydrocodone, oxycodone. Oh, my God. She's on fucking oxys, dude. Yeah. She is a fucking pill shill. And she goes to Dr. Dayarnay, MD, apparently. Hmm. But either way, she's got over-the-counter fucking oxys. And who knows how fucking often she dips into these fucking things. So now we got a pill popper in the Scott family. Who knows? Oh, boy. Who knows? Boy. So Brooke approaches Lucas and she's like, so this wedding. Yeah. Weddings are so romantic. They're so much fun. Let's go together. <laughs> you know, and he's like, she's like, I'm so sad. I'm not going to be there. You know, I'm a sucker for weddings. Yeah. And he's like, just come with me as my date as a friend just thinking at this wedding is like for how many people that there is literally the entire town's there so once again there somebody could just easily rob all the banks in fucking tree hill because every single person is at this fucking church for this wedding oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so brooke gets her dress and she goes to see peyton and uh she busts in and is like Oh, yeah, they're chatting, and she's like, I'm going with Lucas. And then Brooks or Peyton's like, Oh, fun. And Brooks, like, Yo, the triangles are so last season. Yo, man. Yo. Yo. Okay, so I absolutely love this line here because it's the first time on the show where where she says, oh, yeah, it's not going to be awkward. Love triangles are so last season. And this is the first time after a season and a half, over a season and a half, we break the fourth wall on One Tree Hill. <laughs> they actually reference something that happened in season one, but call it last season yeah that's amazing like wrestling does that 
from time to time, especially in this arc, they start doing it more where they break the fourth wall. They're like, ha ha, we know this is all predetermined. Ha ha, it's all written. This is exactly what fucking One Tree Hill just does here, too. <laughs> so amalgamate the two that both shows oh my God. break the fourth wall. Amalgamate, brother. Oh, my God. But uh, Peyton this also... part of the reason that Sean started getting so excited with this episode. Oh, it's great. That's a great line. And I'm, I'm kind of happy it was Brooke that uh, delivered it. Yeah, but- you're starting to kind of... Grow like Brooks growing on you a little bit. I would say my hate meter isn't as maximum overdrive on it as it was before. I'll give you that. Interesting. She's not in the same breath as the Annas and Felixes in the hate meter, basically. But Peyton says, Oh, yeah, I'm just taking it slow with uh, Double J. And Brooks, like, Soul's good. Fast is better. <laughs> and you know all about that, dude. Oh my god. Luke. <laughs> Start throwing shit at you, dude. Well, slow is good, but fast is better. Wow. Stop. <laughs> you connect the dots there, brother. All I know is that Luke actually confronts Deb about her fucking pill shilling. Yes, and Deb is like, you are so out of line, and she's so pissed about this. And, like, obviously she's going through a lot. Her son is living, like, he's emancipated himself. She's living with this man that, yes, they're still in a relationship. The divorce never went through. But I feel like she still maybe has second thoughts on that, possibly. And there's just a lot going on. And then also Dan gets Lucas to come and live with them when she didn't know that was happening. Yeah. And she's just, you know, if this is something like if she's taking these pills already for pain that she's in and this is a pain that's like in her heart, you know, if it makes her... I, I mean, I'm not condoning uh, <laughs> pill pocket are you thing, condoning? Are you condoning hydrocoding? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, for her, this is something that makes her feel better. It's not. It's like when I have a bad day and I want to come home and smoke a joint or have a glass of wine. <laughs> Oxycontin's <laughs> on a, a whole different fucking level from smoking like, a joint, dude. This is like her... <laughs> Release and it's not the best release. <laughs> it's her release. I just do oxys. I'm saying <laughs> I'm horribly addicted. Shut to the fuck up for once in your life. Harley. <laughs> um, this is her release currently, Dang. and she's got to find a new release. Yeah. But in this situation, like she's trying to say, like, f- you know, this is how I deal. Fuck off. I'm horribly addicted to over-the-counter drugs. But this is the first time we're seeing it, right? That's very true, yeah. So this could be something that's... If she's in pain from something from just whatever, and she's been prescribed this from a doctor, and Lucas says, you know, it's very easy, like, when my doctor is prescribed me after my accident or whatever, like, pretty harsh painkillers, like... Yeah, it can be easy, like, to get addicted. Oh, very. 
And he was just trying to like put that level of understanding oh, out there. Oh, but Deb wants none of that. No. Reason being is uh, I would be right fucking terrified of Deb if I was Lucas because she's just like, you're way out of your fucking depth. Like, this is the fucking deep end you're in and you're only used to shallow waters. You're swimming with the fucking sharks if you come after me because I will fucking end you. You're not my fucking son. And it's like, holy shit, she actually scared me a little bit there because you don't even know what Deb is capable of, but you can think about what she's capable of. She's married to fucking Dan. Mm-hmm. Scary fucking shit. But what isn't as scary is Andy actually spills his guts to Karen. He loves her. He said it accidentally. He did. He did. He said it accidentally. And at first, it, she was, like, in shock. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean, well, I did mean that, but I bad timing. Yeah, it's he backtracked a little bit. Definitely does. But, you know. But she says it back. She does say it back. Yeah. She does love him. Yeah. Yeah. What a sweet moment. I feel like there's a lot, like, with, you know, Keith and just everything, like... It felt like she was saying, I love you too, as kind of a, you know, oh, yeah, I, I I love you too. Like she had never realized it for herself yet. Or is it that she just felt like she had to say it? I don't know. I, I feel like this is such a bad timing thing for them. Like, Have you ever felt that with somebody though? Is that, you know, they tell you that they love you and you feel obligated to say it back. What if you don't feel it yet? What do you say? Like, say if I said I or, love you to you for the first time, but you weren't quite there yet, how would you react to that? And what would you say to me? Here's the thing. So with me and you, and this is how I feel like Karen could be feeling at this moment. With me and you, I knew that I loved you like way before you said it. The thing is, same is when you said it was bad timing. Yeah, it was because my my cat was literally missing and had been missing for days after I had been away from like on the island for a wedding, and I came back and she was missing. And I had been out looking for her mm-hmm. and then I come back and then you sit down and I'm crying and you're like, I love you. And I was like, fuck, you just <laughs> said that at the worst fucking timing, bro. And that's the thing. It's like, it just kind of came out. Like I didn't even plan to say it. It just, I felt it. I, I wanted to say it in that moment. and I did. <laughs> Although I wanted to say it before that, mm-hmm. but I guess you know, I guess there is really no perfect time to say it. But I just felt it and I said it. And I don't regret it to this day. <laughs> yes, we're going to have two kids out of that yeah. whole sit- situation. There you go. Now are Andy and Karen going to have two kids? Probably fucking not. Who knows? You never know. Either way, uh, Keith's fucked. He's going to get fucked over. Uh, <laughs> we all know this. We all knew this from the beginning. He's destined for uh, antidepressants, antihistamines, and if it has anti in it, he's probably taking it. Oh, my uh, God. Double J and Sawyer. 
Oh my god, they finally actually hook up. They have their fucking Dreamweaver, Eric Foreman, Donna Pinciotti moment and finally fuck. Yeah. It happens. It literally like two minutes after Brooke says faster is better and then they do it. And they were literally playing an emo AF song. Story of the year. <laughs> they yeah, were playing from... story of the year. Yeah. 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 Sidewalks. Sidewalks, yeah. 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 It's yeah, a great song. Emo as it gets, but perfect for that scene. Felix seems over it, or Brooke seems no, over Brooke it with seems Felix. Over Felix. Felix. She is- just. She feels it feels like, and she said it on the time capsule. She doesn't even know if she wants a boyfriend right now. Yeah. And I feel like with Brooke, she's just like she's disinterested. She's distancing herself from him. Like yeah. she doesn't want to be like with him all the time obviously she's going like yes felix is technically grounded in this episode because of the party but like you know if i were their next door neighbors she could just easily if felix's parents aren't home just go and visit him she doesn't seem to want to do that she wants to go to a wedding with, with lucas. lucas yes oh man So out of all this chaos and mayhem going on with this fucking wedding, we head back to fucking tour. And while all this is going on, Haley is still playing shows with fucking Chris. She's doing all this shit. And apparently they have a spot on fucking TRL or MTV or some shit. And they got to do an interview to pump up this fucking tour. And she even calls Nathan and says, hey, FYI, just if you wanted to know, uh, I'm on TV tonight, so you can watch it. Please watch it. Because she was probably going to try to spill her guts out to fucking Nathan on TV. But then, of course, the publicist comes by and says, hey, that wedding ring, fucking lose it. Yeah. And unfortunately. The duet seems like you guys are a couple. So let's play that up. And unfortunately, that does happen when it comes to music and celebrity and that kind of stuff. Whereas a lot of times if you put out there that you're single or are not in a relationship or not committed to somebody, it feels like you almost could get more, especially for female, you almost get more fandom by being single because so many guys out there feel like they have a shot with this amazing Haley James, Haley Scott now, Right. But if she's married, a lot of those people may not take as big of a liking to her. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. So she's, you know, in pressured to lose the ring in this for this interview. And Nathan's watching the whole thing live on television. And the evidence is pretty fucking damning here. Well, and that's the thing, too, is they start to ask, like, in the interview, they ask if Chris and Haley are a couple, and Haley goes to say, well, actually, I'm married, but then Chris is like, oh, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're hooking up, and yeah. Chris is, or Nathan's watching this, and he's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, no. It's so brutal how, like, all the evidence for this entire thing for Haley is pointed in one direction the entire time. And yet, that's not what it is. It's kind of wild. Yeah. 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 She's not trying to make it look like this, but it looks like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. 
It sucks. And now I would not be comfortable with oh, that. Be, what if all. I went on tour and did duets every night with some fucking gorgeous hot bitch. chick? Yeah. And oh fuck no. And you know, having the time of my life and I'm off and you're just at home by yourself all the time. Now I'm on television saying that, oh yeah, no, we're uh I don't I'm not with anybody. I'm just on tour having time of life. Take my fucking ring off. You know how psycho of a bitch I can be? Yeah. That would be max <laughs> psycho bitch. Yeah. Like uh-uh uh-uh i'm burning your shit like you think it was bad when your ex put glitter in your shit oh i'd be burning your shit all your wrestling figs burned oh, oh boy all your n64 games oh. burned <laughs> oh don't even go there brother oh don't don't do anything to make me go there bro dude triggered the savage <laughs> will come out <laughs> and now we are at the fucking wedding yeah officially the fucking wedding what goes on at the wedding babe oh god so much andy he's writing his fucking vows at the ceremony yeah legit what a fucking idiot <laughs> Like, he does not prepare anything properly. Just, you know, I'm going to have a few drinks before I go pick up Karen. I'm going to ask this bitch to fucking marry me after I've known her for 17 days. Fucking, now I got to write my vows the day of, like, literally hours before the ceremony. They're literally at the church. What is he doing, man? Uh, it doesn't matter anyways. He's not going to have to read them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Andy has got some plans and there's something he has to go and pick up or deal with. So he tells Karen, like, I'm really sorry I have to leave, but I'll be back to see you walk down the aisle. Yes. Because she's a bridesmaid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bruh. (laughs) Peyton and Jake show up to the wedding. Finally, after their second round. Yes. (laughs) And Brooke right away. With the sex you radar. did it. Oh, yeah. She sees it written on their fucking faces. I did it. Yeah. Sex radar on absolutely fucking maximum overdrive again. Just she knew. Yeah. She fucking knew. Now, was it Whitey that made the Dick Nixon reference? Yeah. He said something about uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing. I'm going to put this out there for all the Craig sh- or. Yeah. The Keith actor dude fans slash American Horror Story fans. Oh, he's saying that uh, Keith looks like Richard Nixon in yeah, his suit. Yeah, in his suit. Yeah, so here's the thing. That's a really funny thing to say because, oh God, I should have looked up the years for this and everything. Season 10. Season 10 of American Horror Story halfway through. So because they did a double like feature thing Whatever. in season yeah, 10. I'm the second part of season 10, it's about aliens and the government and everything. And Richard Nixon. And Richard Nixon. Who was played by, by Craig Schaefer. Holy yeah. shit. So dude. it's really funny because they have this reference that he looks like Richard Nixon. Wow. But then he actually, actually plays, plays Richard, Nixon Richard Nixon in American Horror But Story. it's years later. because Years and years later. Yeah, yeah. it's years later for sure. Because this was like... 2005. 2005. Yeah. 
this ep or this season of American Horror Story was like maybe 2020, yeah, something like yeah, that. Exactly. 2020. So it's years later, but it's kind of hilarious how it all lines up years, <laughs> so years and years funny. later. Oh Very interesting. Oh boy, Nathan shows up at the wedding, but not like inside. Oh He's no, he's yelling. Now, when they first showed uh, Nathan outside the wedding here, and he's drunk as fuck, yelling, screaming, throwing bottles, I actually thought it was Dan at first, because the way I saw it, it looked like, because they do look fairly similar from a distance anyways, but then I looked at the clothes. They look like like father, son. Sure. They did a good job with that casting. Casting's great. But then I saw the clothes, and I'm like, okay, yeah, Dan would never wear that. (laughs) Maybe Dan would have worn that when he was 17, but not now. Uh, and then sure enough, Dan, even himself is just like, Hey, you're making a fucking scene. What are you doing? Right. Which you wouldn't think Dan would ever say something like that at Keith's wedding, but he does. And they call the fucking taxi for him because he fucking throws up all over the place. Here's the thing though. Nathan knows about the whole Jules situation. Yeah. He's like, love is a sham. It's all bullshit. He's making this reference to Dan planned it. And he says, did you plan Chris too? Yeah. Right. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if Dan sent Chris as well too, just to break up fucking uh, Nathan and Haley's marriage. That'd be pretty fucked. Pretty wild if he did that. Well, and especially because he had said I wouldn't put it past when him. Nathan and Haley got married, and he found out yeah. that we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Dan, not yeah. for one fucking second. But then Andy gets back with a piece of paper just in time. This envelope. This fucking envelope that him and Karen open up, and we find out that yes, Edge and Christian, E C W. Emily, Emily Chambers, Chambers is Jules. Is Jules. Holy fuck. She has been playing Keith like a fucking fiddle the whole time. She hasn't even told him who she really is. She has been very clandestine about her Who she past. is, where she's from. Because she said Texas, but then she then said Midwest. Med- Midwest, yeah. yeah like, and we know nothing about her. Yeah, and then she says, "Oh, army brat, I moved around a yeah, lot." She's very, so that would make sense. She's very cloak and dagger about. But everything. like, we don't know her last name. We don't know nope. anything about her. Obviously, she has no real friends because Karen and Deb are her bridesmaids. Yep. Which actually, Karen and Deb looked fucking amazing in those blue dresses. Yeah, they look good. They looked fucking bomb in those. They looked all right. I loved them. But then Karen goes and fucking confronts Emily, Jules, Maria, whoever the fuck this is. <laughs> we don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she fucking hauls off and Stephanie McMahon's her right in the fucking face. Oh, my oh God. shit. One day you'll get introduced to Stephanie McMahon, brother. Not just Vince. But then Jules kind of throws back. Well, Emily throws back. Like, why are you slapping me? Yeah. You are the reason that Keith was upset and looking for someone. He found happiness with me because you turned him down. So you can't be jealous in this situation and saying, how dare I? And she actually loves Keith. Like legit. So Karen's like, okay, if you do, then you need to tell him the truth. Yeah. He needs to know. Because he deserves that. He needs to know the real you. Yeah. 
Brooke wants sex deeds. They're sitting in the church, in the pews, whatever. (laughs) She's like, blink if it was good. And then Peyton, like, fucking rapid eye movement. (laughs) She was like, blink if it was good. Blink twice if it was better. Yeah. And then it was like. Rapid eye movement. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he's like, Jake's kind of looking like, what's going on? And then just, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> finally it comes down to it. Dan is the man with the fucking plan here. Fucking and it keeps going and it keeps going and amalgamate brother because this is the big intro for the fucking bride of this wedding and how many times have we seen in a wrestling match where they play the music of the wrestler and they just don't fucking come out where the fuck are they Uh, who knows amalgamate dude here's the thing did you notice that the entire time that that song was playing and everyone's looking at the back dan was watching keith staring at keith the entire time and smug smile the whole time full well that she ain't coming, man. She's a runaway bride. She's a fucking runaway bride. Oh, the my sequel. God. The fucking sequel. So finally, yes, the bride <sighs> does come down the fucking ramp, comes through the curtain, comes down the ramp. The Titan Tron's playing the fucking video. It's Andy. It's fucking Andy. So I guess <laughs> he's the backup, and he's marrying Keith today. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he's the one to break the news that she's gone. She's done where the fuck is she so keith runs right the fuck out of there mm. where the hell's he going and he, then, did, he tells lucas give me your keys yep give me your keys i'm out of here where is he going he's gonna go look for her i don't know what the fuck and then we get the greatest screenshot in one tree hill history to this point which I will be making into a meme. <laughs> the Dan Scott smiling and laughing. We're going to do a meme. meme war here. Holy shit, dude. For this episode. Yes, we do. And the best meme wins. Uh, this face that Dan makes is absolutely phenomenal. And just his giggle is just like, this is just pure, unadulterated heel. I absolutely love it. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, he goes walks over to the wedding cake and there's the cake toppers. He's drinking champagne and he flicks the groom down. Yep. One down, one, one to, go. to go. And he looks at Deb. Yep. Exactly as he says that. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh boy, Dad's the man with the plan. Holy shit. Also, Karen was kind of, you know, sitting and having a moment and like, what have I done? Yeah, it's kind of her fucking fault that this happened now. She's having her what have I done moment and Andy's trying to comfort her and she's like, no, I need to go find Keith. And you could see that Andy's a little hurt by that. Yeah, yeah. Because why she did this, why too? Because it you know, subconsciously saying she doesn't want Keith to get married to fucking Emily here. You know, oh. it's, it's, it's just so much fucking going on. And not only that. I'm back. And I'm better than ever. Got a net for making things better. Face facts. 
Oh, that's right. I'm back and I'm better than ever. I've got a knack for making things better. No, it's not Eric Bischoff. It's fucking Nikki. Oh, this bitch. Nikki. Oh, this bitch. How the fuck? I don't know what is going on here because last time we saw her she was fucking off to seattle in some place and she's looking for but she must have got some info or some shit or whatever and now she's back in fucking tree hill and she's at peyton's house oh standing in the shadows yeah it's fucking wild and jenny is in jake's arms and all of a sudden says mama yeah. And then you look and you see the shadow step out. <laughs> what a way to say that she's... Get, can you imagine Jim Ross doing commentary on this scene here? Oh, God. Did you fucking imagine? Bogdanovich, Nikki's back. Oh, my God. Oh I did not... God. Don't tell me this is happening, King. King. God, Bogdan, Nikki. That Jezebel. She's back, dude. Mm-hmm. The fuck? That's I did unfortunate. not see that one coming. That's unfortunate. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, just when things are going well with Peyton and Double J's. And here we are. Fucking Eric Bischoff herself. Nikki. Hmm. And not Minaj is here. They put those uh, condoms to use finally that were in Peyton's bedside table. Hopefully they weren't expired yet. How do you know they put it to use? What if she just fucking raw dogged her? She just raw dogged her? No, I said, what if he just raw dogged oh, her? Oh, it sounded raw like he said her. she. No. Oh, I mean, she could. But it sounded like she and she. No. No. <laughs> Deb finds Nathan... In the woods by the beach with a bonfire lighting the wedding wall on fire. Yep. Burning all the pictures. Well, he's got some that he's got in his hand and he's throwing them kind of one by one after kind of looking at them and looking at the memory or thinking about the memory. She goes and gives him money to go and get his wife. Which was really sweet gesture because Deb was not stoked on Haley at all. Not happy but about he takes the marriage, it and off he fucking goes. And the hits just keep on coming. Apparently, Brooke moving to Cali. She's gonna go be with fucking Arnold, and he was the governor at this time in oh two thousand five. <laughs> he was appointed in 03 when he did Terminator three. And she's going to go move to California because her dad got a job over there. So she won't be broke Davis anymore, apparently. But she will not be in Tree Hill anymore. So the population will be going down to 46. And actually 44 because her parents and her. That's the thing is this whole time she's been excited about this job interview for her dad. Not knowing where this job was going to be. Just mm. knowing that if he gets this job, they'll have money again. Yeah. But now she's like, fuck, I was so excited for nothing. And I don't want to go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's moving across the country. 
away from your friends and your life. She just got, like, became student body president. Not that that fucking matters. But still, like, for a girl like Brooke, that's something that's probably, like, a big deal to her. Because that's something that she probably never dreamed she would ever be. Also, she has it. Also, the amalgamation just keeps coming. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) So I I went ahead and fucking Wikipedia James Lafferty and see what kind of, you know, that's what I kind of do with a lot of the characters in the show. I'm interested in what they've done in their career, movie, television-wise. And James Lafferty, who plays Nathan, his very first fucking role as an actor was a movie called Annabelle's Wish, which was a Christmas movie very first role he ever had it was a made for tv movie annabelle's wish guess what year it came out no idea 1997 you know what else he was in haunting of hill house cool 1997 i love haunting of hill house cool remember it made me cry sure you, no, you remember that. I was watching it on the laptop because you were watching TV. This was at our old place. Okay. And this one scene made me scream. I and remember it that. Yeah. made me cry. And I had to like, I like slammed my <laughs> hand on the space bar to like pause it. And I just sat there crying because it scared me so bad. I never have been that badly jump scared ever. Yeah, I'm not big on jump scares. That one, oh, that one, like, oh, my poor heart that night. Yeah, dude. I lost a life. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Yeah, so uh, 1997, brother. 1997. The same time that Stone Cold Steve Austin was taking collect calls from Vince McMahon on Monday Night Raw was when James Lafferty was having his first fucking movie role amalgamate dude here on tree hill wrestling federation podcast that's what we do we amalgamate one tree hill and world wrestling federation and we're the only podcast in the history of time space and the space time continuum to ever do such a ridiculous thing and leave it up to us for doing such a ridiculous thing you can check us out on the instagrams and the tiktoks at tree hill wf dot podcast genres podcast network and make sure you listen in on all the streaming services including spotify google podcast apple podcast and iHeartRadio. you were fighting that so hard what uh yeah dollar sign Four point nine three. Yeah, you you got stoned before we watched this episode, and you were losing it. It took us an hour and a half to get through a forty-five minute episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Took a while, but because you kept pausing. Well, it's a thing. When by the time we were done, I was so tired. I had to work the next morning. I was like, dude, I'm so done. Excuses. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, is that you know. This shit's pretty rapid fire. A lot of things happen. So mm-hmm. I have to fucking write things down. So sometimes I got to pause it. I got to write it down. Because you always say, watch this, watch this. Make sure you see this. And I'm just like, I'm writing my fucking notes down, okay? Give me a sec. So I have to pause it. But when I'm high, oh, fucking throw all that shit out of the window. I have to pause after every fucking scene to get my thoughts down on all the transpirings. I just got to do it or else I'm going to miss it. 
You know, that's the hard thing about writing notes on the fly is that you got to pause it. And when you're high, you got to pause it every two seconds. <laughs> Literally. But He'd luckily, like hit play. And then like two seconds will happen. I'm like, oh, I got to write it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's not even like, that's not even the best part yet. Just let it play for five more seconds. Nope. Sorry. Because then you get the whole thing nope, in sorry, one gotta, chunk. Got to get my fucking thoughts down because I will always forget it if I don't get it down. You could get it in one bigger thought. Yeah, but I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope all of you are under the influence of some sort of weird drugs as well, including Oxycontins. Oh just my like God. Uh, dollar sign 4.93. I heartily enjoy this episode so much so that it got my biggest and best rating yet. And in season two, no less. This is better than the season finale of uh, season one. This is better than the season premiere of season two. This is better than uh, heart condition motherfucker episode of Lucas. This is the goaded <laughs> One Tree Hill episode. 4.93. But I still don't give out perfect fives yet because eventually there may be an episode that hits a perfect five and I will know when it hits a perfect five. So I have to leave that wiggle room just in case if something blows me out of the water. As you keep saying that season three and four are the best seasons, meaning the best episodes are in season three and four. It's pretty good shit. So I got to give some wiggle room to those seasons that are coming up because we only have a few. Where are we on? Episode 16. We only got so many left. We're only going to 23 in this uh, season here. So, yeah. And we also got to figure out how we're going to end season two. If we're going to have to double up on some Ross to hit a pay-per-view because the way we're not doing that again. Yeah. But the thing how it works out is the way it's going right now. There's a possibility Don't do that to me. There's a possibility that we can end season two with the season finale of season two. But also SummerSlam is in August and we're in middle of June. So it could work out that the season finale could be SummerSlam 97. Or it could be the season premiere. Whatever. We'll figure it out, dude. We'll figure it out. I think I could only handle one. These wrestling episodes are long. They're not that and long. And when there, it's a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost three hours. Long. Yeah, it's almost like, three hours. It's like 245. You're not doing that to me again. <laughs> we did it in season one just to make that work out. Well, WrestleMania made sense for a season finale. But, dude, that's just, no. No. Well, you don't want to watch nine hours of wrestling? No. <laughs> Hard pass. Okay. <laughs> I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. And she is the biggest, newest wrestling fan here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. <laughs> and you're having this. a fucking hemorrhoid <laughs> knip shit or some shit. What? <laughs> a hemorrhoid attack or knip shit? No. I <laughs> had to sneeze and I was trying not to sneeze because it was going to be a big one. Whoa. <laughs> hemorrhoid so knip shit. Yeah, some weird hemorrhoid oh, knip shit. Sakes, fuck, I, I just bid you adieu, that's all. And I say bye, bitch. Mírame los ojos cuando digas mi nombre. No me confrontes si no eres un hombre. 
Tito, yeah. yeah. Represento mi Borinquen, wow. No te me pongas bravo, caerás al fin al cabo. Soy más bravo, como el gallo, borinqueño haciendo batalla. Gritando por la noche como el coqui que no se calla. Corro por el mundo, mi corazón lleno de candela. Entro mis batallas, cargando mi, mi bandera. Puertorriqueña, misteriosa como las aguas azules. Fuerte como las montañas que cortan por las nubes. Pues manos para arriba. Manos para arriba. Soy de Puerto Rico, como ella no es más rica. Duro como la roca, porque 